Bismillahirrahmanirrahim.Assalamualaikum.Rahmatullahi.Wabarakatuh.Peace.Blessings.Of.Allah.Be.Upon.You.All.Welcome.To.Another.Edition.Of.The.Breakfast.Show.Here.
So that's how that's that's what it is. Mm. Some places they they see more, and some places they see a little bit less as well. Yeah. But the thing is, is that we are over here in the UK. We are an island. Yeah, you have to you have to look at yeah. that as well. And obviously, with the, the water surrounding us, so yeah, the, yeah, and it's not going to be it's not going to be the same as as your sort of you know European countries, countries yeah. or African countries or mm. all those countries where you know they where they have a large part of uh, it's they're surrounded by land. Yeah, right. Obviously, we're an island. We're mm. small islanders as well. As well. Mm. You can't even say that we're like Australia. Exactly. Australia is an island, but it's a very big island. Very big island. So you know the weather is. And you know it's one of the hottest there. countries. Th- th- that's what yeah. it is. But you can never predict the weather mm. over here as well. Um, but in the, in in the next week, the weather mm. is looking uh, fairly good, fairly, fairly reaching um, mid twenties. Uh, which is a good weather. Which is a very it's good decent. weather. Yeah, yeah, it's decent. I mean, we are coming towards... I mean, we are mid-August. Yeah. So, uh, coming towards the end of August, yeah. beginning of September, that's when, mm. you know, the weather starts to starts to change anyway. Yeah, I'm just looking at the forecast here. On the uh, next week, Tuesday, it's saying it will hit around 29 degrees. Oh, right. So, oh, you know, okay. for yeah. for us... Uh, let's see, let's see. <laughs> Those people who didn't go to the beach or whatever, yeah. they can maybe... They can plan for the Tuesday plan, next week. Plan, yeah. for them, plan, for the, plan for next week as well. Yeah. Coming towards the end of uh, the summer holidays yeah. as well, isn't it? Last chance to take your Last kids out. Yeah, exactly, before it's too late. <laughs> um, two topics that we're going to be speaking about. We'll talk a, we'll talk a little bit about the, you know, uh, the news as well, what's happening around... What's happening around the world? But uh, before that, let's um, let's see what's, what we're going to be talking about today. So after the news, we're going to be talking about sleeping and sleeping patterns. Why you should go to sleep uh, at the same time all week round, and how that can be beneficial as well. Getting enough, getting enough sleep. What is enough sleep as well? Um, we're going to be speaking to a few guests who will shed some more light. Some specialists actually who will shed some more light. In regards to uh, this particular topic, then we're going to be talking uh, about can prebiotics improve your mood. Um, so that's something which is actually quite interesting as well. Um, we're going to be talking about that. And if you have anything, if if you have anything that you want to add to, you know, add to the show, if you want to contribute to the show, you can always do that by calling us on zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. So that is the number for you to call. Um, we we do have another topic that we're going to be speaking about right at the end, is that uh, is you know talking about harnessing the power of nature. So Spain's wild horses take on wildfires, and also a little bit more as well. This is something about free roaming horses become Spain's latest weapon against wildfires. We just spoke about that as well. So they're going to be offering hope in uh, mitigation wildfire risks and also promoting biodiversity mm. um, in the in the highlands uh, as well. So that's you know talking about devastating wildfires, which are which have been happening in in Greece, in Spain, as we just spoke about as well, in Switzerland and other countries in Europe, um, how, how they continue to be sort of uh, you know baked yeah. in the in the summer in the summer weather. And we're going to be talking about how more fires actually probably in store. Um, talking about given the given the forecast of high temperatures, we're going to be talking about uh, this harnessing the power for you know of of nature as well. How we can preserve that and use utilize that for the benefit, uh, you know, of society mm-hmm. as well. So these are the three topics: zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven. It is the number for you to call if you want to contribute to the show, if you want to add to the show. 
and or even if you want to ask any uh, any questions to us as well, we can put that to to our guests who we're going to be speaking about uh, in today's uh, in today's uh, show as well. Yeah. Um, uh, anything that's uh, that's in the news um, that, ha- that the has uh, been interesting for you? Um, the news has just come in uh, regarding the inflation rates. Yeah, and you know, that, yeah. That well, yeah. It says that the UK inflation falls to 6.8% in year to July. Hmm. So um, according to the Office for National Statistics, it has dropped to 6.8% from 79 in June. So that's uh, good news, um, I think, for the... For all of us living in the UK, hmm. um, I was listening to LBC earlier as well, and they were saying that right. um, the inflation rate, especially for groceries, is dropping. For groceries, yeah, is dropping finally. Yeah. So, finally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so let's see how much it can drop and how much our. But it's interesting. It's interesting because the because the fuel <coughs> rates are going up. Yeah, yeah. Have you in, seen the yeah, fuel it's rates? Weird. It's weird nowadays. It's weird, yeah. isn't it? It has it has gone up, yeah. and uh, th- it has been quite quite difficult for for a lot of people as well yeah. for, for everyone, especially mm. especially the, because the working think, class. I think a month ago the fuel rates weren't as high. To oh be honest. yeah, a month yeah. ago they weren't as high as yeah. they as they are actually right now. Mm-hmm. But that's the you know that's the thing because um, you know the, what controls it going up and down. If if the, if the inflation rates are going down. Then how is the fuel prices? Uh, how are the fuel prices going up? Isn't it? Yeah. So that's uh, a bit, bit of, of a good news that yeah. the inflation has fallen to six point eight percent. It does say that uh, it continues a downward trend in the rate of price rises, driven by a reduction in the energy price cap. So the energy price cap, yeah. because of that, that's why um, the inflation rate has gone down and the cost of food rising less rapidly. Uh, but the UK inflation remains stubbornly high overall, as we know. Six point eight percent is still quite high. Yeah, uh, it's, still compa- it's compared to many other nations and well above the Bank of England's target rate, which is of two percent. Mm. So, but, but you know, Rishi Sunak did say, did promise that uh, this year he's going to get you know decrease inflation um, by by a landslide. Yeah. So. So it's I'm, I'm not sure if that's going to be accomplished properly or the not. The trend the trend has started for well it started to fall but let's see how how much, how it, much it can go, fall yeah how much it can, how much it can go down but mm. that's the thing isn't it because because uh we are in August now mid August yeah. and this is the 8th month the end of the year right? yeah yeah we've only got 4 4 months left yeah um so that's uh you know mm. h- how are we how are we going to cope how are we going to cope with the with the rest of the year? And yeah. are, is the inflation rate going to go down to what he promised as well? Um, yeah, so that's uh, that. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm. But I'm sure um, if the inflation rate does keep going down, we will see the grocery prices and our shopping um, <laughs> prices falling um, as well, which is a good news because mm. we know as as today, if we do go shopping for for our normal groceries yeah it does cost a lot and we've been we, we've spoke about this before on our shows mm. as well where um we used to fill our trolley up with around 20 pounds but now mm. even if you go for the essentials for like milk bread that costs around 20 pound anyway yeah so yeah hopefully better times are to come yeah hopefully hopefully better times yeah. are to come as well um obviously we've uh you know about 
artificial intelligence and how much is uh, is increasing yeah um in our in our you know sort of day-to-day use exactly and uh, there's news that has come in that majority of teachers believe that students are using artificial intelligence mm-hmm. um you know these ai apps yeah uh, to do their work for them mm-hmm. according to a new study as well this was mm-hmm. uh, sky news is actually reporting this as well that a survey by education tech firm uh, rm technology found that two-thirds of teachers believe that they are regularly receiving work written by AI. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. With around one in 10 teachers say that 9% <laughs> admitted that they can't tell the difference between work completed by their by their pupils and AI programs oh, yeah. as well. That, that just that's, shows that's the, how intelligent the, exactly. yeah, the AI has exactly, gone. Exactly, exactly. Uh, the survey of 500 secondary school teachers revealed that 41% mm-hmm. believe that there needs to be better regulation of AI with 31% mm. wanting the government to step in to uh, to police its use, um, you know, former former head teacher Mel Parker, who who now works as a consultant for this uh, RM technology, said that there definitely definitely needs to be government regulation, especially mm-hmm. from a safeguarding point of view as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, she believes that better training is needed for the use of rapid you know rapidly develop, developing tech. Yeah, obviously, you know, back in back in when I was in school, yeah. I'm, I'm sure yeah, that when yeah. you were in school as well. Um, we weren't even allowed phones exactly. in schools, right? Exactly. To t- yeah, even to take out your phone, you, you know, you get confiscated. Yeah. You cannot take out yeah. your phone. Exactly. F- forget about forget mm. about using yeah. search engines to do exactly. your work for you. But you know, now it's like you know, you just go. I, I don't think you can um, go through your school life without without these having technologies. A, without, yeah. without technology, exactly. exactly. And we had a, we had an IT lesson. Yeah. Which will just be what an hour, maybe yeah. a week. Yeah, that's and the only that's time we're in front of a screen. Yeah, of screen <laughs> now we see we got three screens in front of us right now. Yeah, literally. How, how, <laughs> yeah. how rapidly the times have changed. I mean, everything wherever you look, you can't get away from screen time. I I remember doing a show um, uh, a couple of weeks ago about mm. screen time. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if it was with you or with someone else. Yeah, but um, you know, the show was about screen time and how much we need to reduce our screen time. But at the same time. How can we reduce our screen time as well? Wherever you look, yeah. you have screens. Mm. Because to go about our day-to-day life, we these, this type of technology is involved in our lives now. Exactly. We can't get away from it. Exactly. Yeah. You, I mean, your phone is your screen time. Exactly. Your computer, your laptop yeah. is your screen. Even your watch is your screen yeah. time these days. You yeah. know, if you have a yeah. digi- if you have a smartwatch, yeah. that's a screen. That's screen time. Exactly. If you even if you get in your car, the, the, the dash, the dashboard, yeah. that's a digital <laughs> dash. <laughs> Right? It's still screen time. It's, it's screen time as well. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure many people might, you know, many people um, in nowadays, their cars will have a digital yeah, dash. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So I think you're having a 24-hour screen time. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get away from yeah, screen exactly. time. Uh, okay, I admit, when it comes to, you know, when you're when you're working mm. uh, in front of a, t- uh, in front of a, a, a computer yeah. or a, a laptop or whatever, that screen time you can sort of manage as well because... Mm. After every hour, every, every two hours, you can sort of get up, have yeah, a break, walk around, five, yeah. ten minute break, and then come back and do your work as well. But the thing is, is that our life, ev- our life re- is evolves, bro, revolves around technology, revolves exactly. around um, screens now. Exactly. How times have changed. It's it's a bit uh, um, shocking in a way. It's a bit shocking yeah. as well. But that, but the shocking thing, I think, also, or the scare as well, is that. For the generations that are coming up right yeah. now, the, which are young right now, and the generations which are yet to come, you know, 
what is there going to be or how yep. much technology yeah. is going to advance what the future well, i don't know I, i'm, I'm yeah, from what a the decade from now yeah, exactly. two decades from yeah. now how is the yeah. future going to look like as well yeah because how, in the, in the yeah. past 10 years how much we have uh, evolved yeah. and how rapidly the technology has developed yeah. Yeah. So for the next Shock. 10 years it's only god knows what's to come. God knows what's to come yeah. as well. But the thing is is that I mean artificial intelligence right all these artificial intelligence um search engines and you know what have you all these applications or whatever. They, I mean they shouldn't be looked down upon um like yeah. a, from, from a, like a it shouldn't be too negative. You know, there's always positive too, sides there's, to there's it. always positives as yeah. well. I mean you can get a lot of good information exactly. from these uh, from these yeah. ai technologies as well so there's not all bad yes you, you have the way like you use it unlimited knowledge on your fingertips basically mm. so you can benefit from it you can benefit yeah. from it definitely definitely uh, and the thing is is that back in the days right you had to you had to there was no internet wasn't as it is right yeah, now it wasn't right? developed as much if you had to get some information about whatever mm. right you have to do them. your research you have to do your research yeah. you have to go to the library yeah exactly you have to go to if you don't find it in one of the libraries you have to go to a bigger yeah, library, a big library maybe the London yeah. library yeah. you know the, the British library or whatever hmm. now you can get a lot of a lot of good good information which is sourced and yeah. documented and whatever you got libraries on your fingertips you, on your fingertips yeah. literally all you need to do is sign up to one of these AI yeah. <laughs> search engines. Exactly. And then you can do that as well. I, th- I think people are using um, ChatGPT hmm. more than Google now to right. find out um, different sort of information that they're looking for. Hmm. So right. there was this uh, study I was reading that um, people only go to ChatGPT now. They don't even ask Google. Before hmm. it was, you right. know, when, when you were um, thinking about something, people yeah. would just say, just Google it. I mean, Google, yeah. yeah. Just Google it. Yeah. So you I mean, get it your information. It was actually yeah. made into a dictionary. Yeah. Uh, the definition yeah. was, yeah. So now everyone's just going to ChatGPT yeah. and you can just have a conversation with it. And Google, you can't really have a conversation. Oh, well, okay, I'm not looking for this. I'm looking for this. Um, ChatGPT, it will actually tell you, okay, sorry, um, I did not know what you meant, but this is the answer to your next question. So it's just like talking to a person with unlimited knowledge. Yeah. So that's how much the you world has advanced. The, and you know what the thing about ChatGPT and these search engines are, is that these artificial intelligence at the moment they don't have, they don't have access to internet in 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 a way. The way that they work is that they someone has fed, yeah, fed da- all the da- yeah. data into that, mm. and then that d- data is you know mm. you know it's unlimited, mm. right? And uh, someone else is searching for that particular data. So whatever it has, it collects that mm. and it makes it into mm. a, an essay or whatever. That's why initially when ChatGPT started, it didn't have all the facts. It wasn't updated to like 2023. So mm. if you were asking information yeah, yeah, regarding yeah. something, yeah, yeah, yeah. it would it tell a, you until about, like 2018 or 2019. Yeah, that's, not, yeah, that's true. That's true. So it had to be uh, fixed. So you could tell ChatGPT, um, this is wrong. Um, mm. And then it will apologize, and it will try to fix <laughs> the, <laughs> the question. Yeah. But yeah, but Proper I think bots, isn't yeah, it? yeah, exactly. And I think maybe now they've developed it. They developed it. Yeah, yeah they've developed it. So but it's I, I, I don't think I, I don't think it's available. Like you know how you know how Google is is actually linked to the internet. Yeah. So when you when you type something on Google, yeah. it gives you links to yeah. other things or whatever. Yeah. But ChatGPT or these other artificial intelligences, they don't have access to internet right now. Yeah. Once they get <laughs> access to internet in that way, yeah. I mean that's it, mate. Yeah, that's I was it. I was listening to uh, this person who was saying that, um, you know how in movies we see that robots take over the world. Yeah, 
that's what initially will happen but it wouldn't be like um, they are coming for you yeah. they're destroying our, yeah, yeah, yeah. our homes and our buildings but the way they will affect us is our economy so they would kind of take over all our all jobs the, all the jobs yeah. exactly. So, exactly so the normal man will just be suffering because all the robots are doing everything all the robots are doing yeah. everything that's yeah. how the, uh, the person said that's how we will see the end of days basically Mm. which we can see now people are affected by um, the loss of their job because chat GPT has come in or some AI yeah, uh, function has come in yeah, because then the, the, those people are not needed because the robots are working more efficiently than the employer exactly so exactly I mean yeah that, I mean that is that is a big scare as well that exactly. is a big big scare um, and obviously we're advancing more into this technology as well mm. God knows how much more it will it will yeah. develop and then obviously that is a scare as well. Yeah. A lot of people, hundreds and thousands of people, will become unemployed. Exactly, isn't it? So that is that is. I think uh, we should, just, if we can, we look out. You for. know how Islam promotes um, to use everything um, as a moderation, so yeah. we shouldn't overuse everything. I think if we use even AI, the technology, um, in a moderate way, hmm. then it can benefit humanity and of all course, of us. Of course. So That's, you know that is the way. Mm. Uh, to become, you know, because even nowadays, um, everyone is um, over using this. Some people are not as socially capable to go outside, even to speak to others, and mm. <laughs> all day they are in front of the screens. And I, I, I even read that some people are even have made ChatGPT their friends. Right. So they will be having normal conversations as me and you are. Yeah. But I mean, if you if you think about it, that is kind of all that has kind of already happened as well. Yeah. Because if you look at um, Siri, yeah, exactly, right? or Alexa, yeah. right, where you know, mm. wherever you have your Amazon or yeah. your iPhone or whatever, I mean, they say, "Oh, hey Siri, hey, Siri. tell me a joke." Yeah, or, what, exactly. You know, how are you doing exactly. today or whatever. They will just make them yeah. their friend, isn't it? Yeah. So that, just to fulfill that's their social intelligence yeah. as well. Just to fill their your social void that yeah. they have in their lives. Yeah. So that's uh, you know that's how it is. That it's, it's a big it's a big scare. It's, it's a, a big, big scare. scare. Um, but you know, just like you said, if we have, if we do advance in this type of technology, yeah. But with mod with that moderation yeah. in place, in those checks in place, mm. then and if you obviously use it for for good things, then yeah, then it, it does have positives as yeah, well. It, does it have positives. a lot. It, it does have a lot. And of again, it's as Islam well. has an answer to everything, isn't it? If exactly. F- fully t- follow the teachings of Islam, then. Everything will be good, and we will be able to, you know, keep it safe as well. Exactly, you know, yeah. it won't just be a scare for us. Mm. We'll be able to use use it to its potential mm. in in a, in a beneficial way. Yeah, um, especially for our kids growing up now. Everything exactly social, um, the society, yeah, is uh, moving very fast. Abs- absolutely. Um, but just before we take a break and conclude the news as well, and go into our first uh, our first segment for the morning. You must be happy that um, that uh, that you know the football has started again. Oh yeah, yeah, you must be happy. Yeah, exactly. We didn't really speak about that. Um, obviously, the Saudi league is taking over the Saudi world. League is taking over. <laughs> Saudi, a mean, very big transfer just very, happened. Very, very. I mean, he has become the richest uh, yeah. uh, player now, isn't he? Yeah, it? of course. In football, yeah, football. he he did well. Neymar, 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 inform the listeners. Neymar Junior, yeah, yeah. So I think initially, when PSG first bought him from Barcelona as well, yeah. he was the highest. Um, yeah, I think it, it was, was a record fee. I think it was at that yeah, time. I think it was, and he's once again been bought by the Saudi league. Al Hilal, if I'm, if I'm yeah. not wrong. Yeah. Um, 
and it's just a massive amount that they are paying him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, think, a, a lot uh, of people have got a lot of good think, good players have gone to Saudi League. Yeah, a majority of the good players now. Yeah, that's true. Who know. obviously, um, it's becoming the end of their career, and then they're leaving. Yeah. But still, they have a lot of years left in them. Yeah. And they are still. Moving. And Neymar can still play for yeah, a good, exactly. good few years. He's as thirty-one, well. thirty-two, if I'm not wrong. Maybe. So, he, so he's got like three, four years yeah. left in him at a high level. A high level. But yeah. it just shows the power of money <laughs> now in the Saudi League. I mean, the thing is that a lot of a lot of players do go here and there as well. A lot yeah. of players do go to China. China, yeah. And yeah. A lot of players have gone to China. A wave of China did start a few a years ago. A wave of China yeah, did start yeah. as well, but it wasn't as big as, as it is Saudi right League. now. Yeah. Now Saudi League has actually, if it, but that's the thing is, I it? think it, big, when the goat went, then yeah. <laughs> then everyone followed him. That's <laughs> well, we, we can argue about that, but <laughs> about that. <laughs> but but Ronaldo did have a big impact. It did uh, it on did. on uh, convincing the other players to come and join the league. You know, you know, it's 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 sad as well. It's sad that some news outlets they try to portray yeah they shouldn't yeah false news or fake news mm-hmm. and they have their own agendas. Yeah, of course. You yeah. know, they're not gonna something that rhymes with uh, ESBN. <laughs> and then they have their they have their own agenda saying you know rubbish you know about th- just throwing rubbish about Ronaldo <laughs> I don't know why you know it's, I think this is a sensitive good. topic for you it's a sensitive topic but yeah so maybe maybe for a different day maybe for a different day we'll talk about this but more. but yeah he has had a lot of impact and a lot of players um, players from um, mm. you know Sadio Mane recently moved yeah. Mahrez recently moved yeah. these big names Benzema Benzema yeah. moved he was a Ballon d'Or winner Ballon d'Or and winner then he went to uh, Saudi <clears throat> and um, just to mention, you know, the contract of Neymar Jr., one of the perks of his contract is um, if he posts a social media post on his Instagram or right. whatever platform right, right, it is, right. yeah. he, for every post, he would get £500,000 well. if he promotes Saudi Arabia in that post. Saudi Arabia? Yeah, if he right. promotes the country, Saudi Arabia, yeah. in that post, for every post, he, was, he would get £500,000. Is it? So that's one of the perks that he's getting. That's yeah. the influence, you know. Yeah, that's the inf- that's, that's the thing. It's the, and yeah, it's 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 a good way to uh, attract people to their country, I think. Yeah, um, I mean, they, they, because when they you have these influential people, to- yeah, to- uh, tourism as well, it will, it will yeah, boom. Exactly. It'll uh, boom the economy. Boom the economy as well. But I mean, two person, you're a millionaire. Exactly. I mean, he's a millionaire anyway. Anyway, but. Yeah, how many millions yeah. can he get? But that's why they they, they try to attract the players with these other perks. As in, I was reading that he will also get a house with um, people looking after it. He will mm. also get a private plane. Yeah. So all these kind of perks add up to him moving to that. He, that's what that's what people are attracted to. I mean, to. you can't deny the hospitality of the Arabs as well. Yeah, exactly. Arab hospitality, yeah, they're known, they're known you, for their yeah, hospitality. They're known, they're known for that. I mean, it's part of the religion exactly, anyway. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah. but I think this is a very, this is a good topic and maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll talk about maybe, this. Maybe we need a segment for this maybe topic. Maybe we need a segment for this as well. Maybe we'll come back to it um, later on the show or some other time um, in, in future weeks as well. We're going to be taking a short break and uh, right after that, we'll come back and we'll speak about our first segment as well. Don't go anywhere. Al-Mumit. The giver of death. The one who brings death to all creatures. 
How can you disbelieve in Allah when you were without life? He gave you life, and then He will cause you to die, then restore you to life, and then to Him shall you be made to return. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the breakfast show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. Now, small differences in sleeping habits between work and rest days can actually lead to unhealthy gut bacteria changes. And this is what a study has actually um, conducted some research and actually suggests uh, this as well. Now, this article that we're, that we're, that we're talking about as well um, is from uh, different places, from the BBC um, and various uh, different places as well. They say that having, ha- having disturbed sleep can actually hurt your health. Yeah, I think if you have kids, you will see that the more they sleep, the more fresh they are, the more active they are. Yeah. So it's quite right that it does, because we do see it in our day-to-day life. It's, it's, yes, it, I mean, if, you're, if you have a varied sleep pattern, yeah. that, can, that can disrupt your, your routine, yeah. that can disrupt your, your, your sleeping habits, your, mm. pa- your, your health as well. And s- studies have actually suggested that this is true. Mm. Eating a balanced diet uh, is very important. And uh, uh, and keeping, um, you know, bed and uh, wake times consistent mm. can actually help to reduce the risk of uh, different types of uh, diseases. Yeah. It's important to have a range of um, uh, species of bacteria in our digestive system. But Kate Birmingham, a study author and senior nutrition scientist, said that people with social jet lag um, can boost uh, microbiota sp- species that have unfavorable associations with with your health, and uh, they they suggest that studies have actually says or suggest that social jet lag can affect more than forty percent of the UK population, and it's mostly common in teenagers and also uh, young adults uh, as well. Having an unhealthy diet, as we've uh, t- spoken about as well, that. That can also affect the levels of uh, specific bacteria mm. in the gut, and uh, that is, um, you know, that's something that we that we are talking about in the in this uh, in this segment. Let's speak to Robin Tucker, who is an associate professor in the Department of Food Science and Human Nutrition at Michigan State University. Peace be upon you. Good morning, and uh, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Just to begin with. Doctor, what are some benefits of uh, going to bed and waking up at the same time consistently? I think um, there are multiple benefits, but probably one of the biggest benefits of setting these consistent bedtimes and wake times is for your sleep itself. Um, People who do this, this consistent bedtime and wake time, they tend not to struggle with insomnia to the degree that people with inconsistent bedtimes and wake times mm-hmm. do. Um, so you can, you can kind of reduce your risk of insomnia. And we know that um, many people uh, tend to get less sleep during the week because they're working or they have other commitments, and so sleep tends to suffer. And they might make up for lost sleep on the weekends by trying to sleep in. When we do this, we have this kind of difference in or inconsistency in our bedtime and wake time. Um, we actually give ourselves what's called social jet lag. Hmm. And basically your body is trying to adjust to 
this new time zone that you've sort of put it on, um, mm-hmm. similar to when you experience actual jet lag. So when Sunday night comes around, you can't get to sleep at a reasonable hour. You end up getting insufficient sleep that night, not sleeping enough, and then you start the week off tired. Um, so the benefit, I think, is really from, um, you know, from a sleep perspective. But we also see that this idea of social jet lag has been linked to other um, conditions that we want to try to avoid, like high cholesterol, type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, obesity. Um, and so, uh, you know, we get some consistent benefits for being consistent in our sleep. Interesting. Interesting. Now, how does sleep affect nutrition-related health outcomes? So, um, when you're not sleeping well or you're not sleeping enough, um, we tend to see that you make poor dietary choices. And those poor choices can increase your risk of nutrition-related chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. And what we've seen in our research is that people who are not sleeping enough report feeling hungrier, um, and they actually choose higher sugar, higher fat foods when we offer them. And so those changes um, can lead to weight gain, obviously. And then other researchers have seen changes in the timing and, and types of intake that people consume. So we see more snacking and eating later in the day. Um, and we also know that if you're having sleep problems, this triggers inflammation. And inflammation is really just kind of the series of responses by the body to stress. The mm-hmm. body makes different substances that um, respond to this stress. And in the, the short term, this is actually good. It's a healthy response. But if inflammation continues for too long, we see problems start to occur like type 2 diabetes. So we see changes in behavior when you're not sleeping well and changes in your physiology that help to explain why sleep um, is linked to all those different types of diseases that I talked about. Mm. Uh, I'll also just mention that in addition to these chronic diseases, we see sleep problems that are linked to infectious diseases like pneumonia, influenza, and COVID-19. Um, and that's because your immune system doesn't work um, as well as it should when you're not getting good sleep. And we also see mental health links, like, um, you know, issues with depression. So sleep, you know, affects not only, like, nutrition-related chronic disease, but all kinds of conditions. So Mm. that's what makes sleep so, so important to your overall health. Mm. And, Doctor, I want to ask, especially for me, because, um, and for our listeners, what types of food can be helpful to get to sleep faster? Because I, I, I think a lot of our listeners, and me especially, I can't really sleep fast enough, can't get to sleep fast enough. And what are some foods you think we can avoid in this case? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I think we, we would like to eat our way to better sleep. Yeah. Um, and, and so some of the things that you could think about as you maybe make a, an evening snack or your, your evening meal um, is to think about foods that might either promote melatonin release or contain melatonin itself. So melatonin is a hormone that reduces your alertness. It makes it easier to fall asleep. You tend to fall asleep faster when you have Mm -hmm. higher levels of melatonin. So you can eat foods that either support melatonin production or contain it. Um, Nuts and spinach are um, a great source of magnesium, and magnesium is needed to make melatonin. Um, There's some research that suggests that tart cherry juice can promote sleep. Um, unfortunately, it's not the sweet cherry juice that is really mm. yummy, but the um, the tart or sour cherries you have to look for. 
Um, salmon and chicken are high in vitamin B6. This is important for melatonin production. And foods high in iron um, have also been shown to help, especially if you're a little low on iron. But these are things like meats, nuts, uh, fortified cereals um, that you might pick up at the store. Yeah. And we can also talk about things that you should avoid doing, you know, in terms of nutrition. And that would be probably to avoid foods that are spicy, acidic, or fatty, like right before bed. Mm. Uh, especially if you suffer from anything like acid reflux or heartburn, those foods can kind of trigger that condition. Uh, if you eat a large meal or a meal close to bedtime, that can interfere with sleep. Um, but it's also really difficult to fall asleep when you're hungry. So you kind of need to personalize um, your your meal schedule to mm. figure out what works best for you. Mm. I think the last thing that um, most of us know about is that caffeine um, can keep us awake and make it harder to go to sleep. Mm. And what you might not know is that some people take a long time to break down caffeine and, and get rid of it from their body. So once the caffeine is out of your system, it's no longer working, right? Mm. But some people are really slow to be able to do that, while others um, can do it a bit faster. The slower you are, the longer the caffeine is in your system and, and the longer it's working to keep you awake. So the general recommendation is to avoid caffeine at least five hours before you plan to go to bed. But some people might be more sensitive to that and really need to limit caffeine to the morning. Um, we have a sleep education program that we run, and um, one of the things that we do is we try to change behaviors around sleep that could be interfering with that. One of our participants decided to uh, skip his um, afternoon coffee run just to see what would happen yeah. and reported that it actually did make a big difference for him. So you could experiment with when you're um, consuming your caffeine and perhaps pushing it to mornings only yeah. if you think that you're sensitive to caffeine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially nowadays where we see a lot of coffee drinkers, they, wouldn't, they should right. avoid. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, uh, doctor, you, <coughs> you spoke, about, uh, spoke about caffeine as well. Um, what about eating? When should you sort of um, have your last meal then before going to bed? Or, you know, some people like to snack at nighttime as well, mm. so... When should be like right. sort of the last thing that you eat before actually going to bed? So I think that can be uh, something that you work on individually to see what works best for you. Um, I, I know that I, I really can't get to sleep if I'm hungry, so I need a little bit of a snack. And um, you can think about those foods that we talked about that might help with sleep. So maybe mm. you have a handful of nuts or some uh, dried fruit, um, things like that. Uh, maybe even a little bit of uh, a bowl of cereal before bed. Um, that's going to help you kind of start making that melatonin to help um, sleep mm. happen a little bit faster. But I know that, you know, we have studies that show that you don't get as restful of sleep if you have a large meal, you know, right before bed. Um, but some people may be able to um, break that down and feel less full faster than others. So um, experiment with your own um, selves and see what works best for you. Um, yeah. Rightly so. Uh, what is the effect, uh, would you say, of insufficient or poor quality of sleep on the gut in particular? Right. Um, that's an interesting question. So <laughs> the effects of sleep on your gut health um, aren't fully understood. But what we seem to find is that there's this bi-directional relationship. And really what that means is that how you're sleeping can affect your gut health and your gut health can actually affect your sleep. So the way this happens is that 
sleep can promote inflammation like we've talked about and inflammation negatively impacts your gut microbiome and your gut microbiome is comprised of that bacteria that can either contribute to good or poor health. So you've got good bacteria that make things like vitamin B12. You've got bad bacteria that can make you sick. Um, so certain strains of E. coli, for example. And what happens is that if you have sleep issues, that's going to kind of promote um, a favorable environment for bad bacteria. And so the bad bacteria start to kind of win out over the good, and this can contribute to health problems. Now, on the other hand, you've got good bacteria that are promoting the production of serotonin, which is needed to make our good friend melatonin. That's that hormone that helps you to fall asleep. And so we know that um, that can be helpful, right? So you have this sort of virtuous cycle of getting good sleep and having a healthy gut and um, you know, working to make sure that you're consuming uh, good quality foods because we know that the poorer diet quality you have, so diets that are higher in sugar and fat, actually negatively impact your gut health, which then could lead to sleep problems. So it's all interconnected. It's fascinating. And I really hope that there's more research done on this topic in the future. Absolutely. Dr. Robin Tucker, thank you so much for joining us um, and uh, sp- you know, shedding some light uh, upon this as well. Some good facts and figures as well. Some good tips as well, which you have left uh, for our listeners. Thank you so much once again. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Let's uh, let's speak to our next guest, who is on the line with us, Bill Wisden, who is born and raised in Brighton here in the UK, and studied natural sciences at the University of Cambridge, and then did some research on concerning various uh, aspects of biochemistry of the brain, how neurons, brain cells communicate with each other at the universities of Heidelberg, Germany. MRC Laboratory of Molecular Biology, Cambridge here in the UK, and also Aberdeen in Scotland. Peace be upon you. Good morning. Welcome to the show, Bill. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, can you begin by explaining what the Frank Wisden Lab is and what it's what it aims to do? Oh, yeah. We're a lab at um, Imperial College London. So uh, Frank is a colleague I work with. Nick Franks, um, and we're funded by a charity, the Wellcome Trust and uh, the UK Dementia Research Institute, and we uh, study um, biochemicals that make us sleepy. And uh, the other thing we look at is if poor sleep leads to an increased risk of um, dementia. Mm. And our biggest question we investigate is why we need to sleep. Right, right. So just talking about uh, that as well, why does the body need good quality sleep? Oh yeah, so uh, so the, we sleep scientists don't actually know for sure, but you you know that we have to go to sleep. If I like uh, take out a bet with you for uh, £200,000 for you to stay awake until Saturday and I record your brain waves to see if you're asleep, um, you won't be able to stay awake. So mm. we've got this incredible drive to sleep. We have to do it. Uh, mm. And um, we think that probably sleep is for the body and the brain so um, we need to regenerate memories process emotions and uh, we, in particular we've got this kind of dream sleep, REM sleep uh, and that's needed for re- emotional processing and ha- how you react to stress hmm. mm. Interesting Interesting Now talking about uh, uh, you know, talking about this a little bit further as well, what risks does an individual have they, if they're sleep deprived? 
Oh, yeah. So I think one of the things, I mean, we all know from our personal experience, your listeners, um, if you miss sleep for a night, you just feel terribly groggy. Mm. And, um, but you can actually look at that in the human sleep lab. So um, I'll give you two examples. So one is um, if, you human, if, you, if you sleep deprive human volunteers just for one night in the lab, and then you ask them to do a driving simulation with reaction times, um, everyone's, they, you might even feel sort of like you can drive, but everyone's reaction times are kind of slowed down. And mm. it's actually the same, by the same degree as drinking one glass of wine. So somehow one night of misleading really messes up your brain biochemically. And the other uh, really interesting thing is if you, if you keep people awake for uh, 24 hours and then you give them a mock interview hmm. uh, and you measure their stress levels compared with people that have slept um, normally and you like ask them to do some simple uh, mental arithmetic like 10 divided by 2 plus 3 in, in front of them a, a pretend interview panel <laughs> uh, people that have had no sleep they have amazing surge of stress hormones in right. their saliva compared with people that have slept healthily mm. so that's just some of the kind of effects that missing sleep uh, has on you so it's it's very um uh it, it, it's bad to miss sleep also if you do shift work you mm. know if you're getting uh, regular shift work perhaps radio work <laughs> I <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, it can affect your judgment and your mood <laughs> well, hopefully yeah, we're right. in a good mood yeah. <laughs> in the morning he's right about um, that <laughs> Bill how, how much would you say is, uh, is, is, is a good night's sleep or how many hours would you say would you oh recommend? yeah so there's, there's no fixed rule so okay. there's quite a lot of variation some of it's genetic and I mean yeah. it can vary anywhere between 4 hours to 8 to 9 hours oh, and wow. you just sleep four hours. until you feel good so don't you know some people some of your listeners might only sleep for four or five hours, but if mm. they're the next day feeling fine, mm. there's no rule about it. So it's only if you're feeling excessively <coughs> sleepy during the day that um, mm. you think you might not be getting enough sleep or sort of nodding off all the time. But I mean, so it's, it's a big range in the population. Now, right. Most people sleep around seven hours. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, um, what, what would you say the benefits are of a power nap? Because we read all the time that power naps are really healthy for us. Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I take a power nap myself. <laughs> Sometimes, if you, even at work, you know, 20-minute power nap yeah. is great because that really uh, uh, gives you better performance later in the day. So and scientific studies have shown that power nap improves your mental ability. Um, you just mustn't overdo it, like having hours of sleep in the afternoon, because then you can't <laughs> get to sleep in the evening. But I really recommend a power nap if you've yeah. got an opportunity. Mm. Having a, uh, a siesta in the afternoon yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Well, Bill, thank you so much for joining us. It's been very, very informative and also interesting at the same time. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Have a lovely day. Oh, thank, thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. That was Bill Wins, uh, Wisden as well, who we spoke to. And uh, before him, we spoke to Robin Tucker and two specialists uh, who's, you know, shed some light in regards to sleeping patterns and, uh, you know, how, how we should prepare yeah. for, for, the, for the sleep as well, for, yeah. for the night um, as well. And speci um, especially the yeah. first uh, guest, Robin Tucker, she mentioned that, uh, you know, there's, there's certain foods out there who can help you to go to sleep rather than you know in this society they take a lot of sleeping pills just to 
go to sleep. So the healthier option is there. So uh, I think it's better to have those nutritional foods rather than sleeping pills, isn't it? Exactly. Get that melatonin in. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll continue this topic for a little <coughs> bit for a little bit more after the break as well. We've got a few more other guests that we're going to be speaking to, hopefully, and uh, you're going to shed some more light in regards to this topic as well. So don't go anywhere. We'll be talking about this for a little bit further, and we'll be back after the news. A new station, the Voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion, and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam. With the voice of Islam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the breakfast show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. Um, talking about sleeping patterns and how um, having a various, a various sort of uh, uh, sleeping pattern can actually be quite harmful uh, for you. So you should maintain a sleeping pattern. Doesn't matter if it's a working day or a weekend. Maintaining that sleeping pattern or the sleeping hours can actually be quite beneficial. So our guest spoke before the break was all telling us that, you know, even if you, some people, they can sleep only four hours, uh, yeah. four hours, seven hours, maybe eight hours as well, some people, and that can, that can be good for them. But, I mean, it depends. It depends on the person. It, it, you know, our guest said that it's also a genetic thing as well. You can have it, you know. You know, you know, you know, you know, genius. Maybe yeah. you're used to sleeping less, or maybe, maybe you're used to sleeping a little bit more. Um, also, um, they also having about the power naps, isn't it? Power naps, yeah, yeah. exactly. I want to mention that as well. That that if you have a power nap, if you have a siesta, um, then that can be quite beneficial. So yeah. I, I remember back in you know when I, when 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 we were in you know studying in in university. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have that power nap as well, but it would be a longer than a power nap, isn't it? A it wouldn't be a nap. Minutes. It wouldn't be a nap. <laughs> it wouldn't be a nap. That would be a sleep. It would be a sleep. Um, but <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it is... Um, but it's quite true because some, sometimes when you did have those 20-minute power naps, you yeah. did feel refreshed. You did feel yeah. refreshed. That, that is true. Yeah. That is true. That's 100% true as well. Um, let's, you know, we spoke to spoke to a few guests before as well. Let's speak to... Um, our next guest, who is on the line with us, Dr. Dr. Nicole Needham, who is a clinical research fellow at the University of uh, of Edinburgh, working in the Department of Psychiatry. Peace be upon you. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. What are some You're common? Ca- uh, thank you so much. What are some uh, common causes of uh, of oversleeping? Yeah, so there are lots of different causes of oversleeping. Um, The most common ones often relate to a a poorer quality of sleep or disrupted sleep patterns, for example, Mm. going to sleep later than usual. Um, Social jet lag is is the term used when people go to sleep and get up at very different times during the week as Mm. compared to the weekend. So, for example, people might follow a specific routine in the week in line with their work schedule, which may change at the weekend due to social activities. And that has been shown to have negative effects. So it was recently shown to affect more than 40% of the population and mostly younger teenagers and and adults. And other causes of disrupted sleep patterns can include shift working. So that's particularly working night shifts or very changeable shifts from day Mm. to day and traveling across different time zones, which can make it very hard for your body's natural clock to reset. Mm -hmm. And 
but and, and poor quality sleep can increase oversleeping. So sleeping in an environment that is too hot or too cold or sleeping with pain or discomfort or sleeping when you're trying to sleep when you have mental health symptoms such as anxiety can also affect the quality of your sleep and therefore lead to oversleeping the next day. I mean, that is something that I wanted to um, ask you a little bit more on uh, as well, mm-hmm. Doctor, that... What are the effects of, uh, of of poor sleep and poor sleeping patterns when it comes to physical health, but also um, our mental health as well? Yeah, so I think it's a really good question and we're understanding more and more about the impact that disrupted sleep can have on multiple aspects of our health, both, as you said, physical and mental health. So we refer to the sleep cycle as your circadian rhythm, which is your internal 24-hour clock. Hmm. And this helps coordinate lots of other different processes within your body and your behavioural activities. So it helps regulate your sleep patterns, your eating behaviours, releases of different hormones, the blood pressure. So you can imagine if it has such an impact on all of these different systems, if you're getting poor sleep and your circadian rhythm is disrupted, it can have negative impacts on your immune system, the bacteria in your gut, as well as your cardiovascular health. Um, And, you know, there is some evidence that longer-term disruption to your sleep pattern can increase the risk of things like cancer, diabetes. Um, And as you mentioned, it can have a significant impact on our mental health. So disrupted sleep can cause increased irritability and anxiety Mm. and increase the risk of developing mental illness itself. So, you know, part of the research that I'm involved in is looking at circadian disorders in bipolar disorder because we know that that's a really prominent feature of the illness and so for people with bipolar it's really important to make sure that their sleep pattern is as stable as possible to try and prevent episodes of illness. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Doctor, um, obviously many people people go to sleep at uh, at night time as well but sometimes uh, they may not be able to sleep for as long as they probably want to and to make up for that sleep, they, they sort of sleep during the day or have naps during the day. Does that have, you know, or sleeps or naps during the day, can that interfere with our quality of sleep at night time? Can it help? Is it good or is it bad for us? Yeah, so yeah. I think the answer is yes. I think everybody is different, but I think if people are struggling to stay asleep at night or struggling to get to sleep in the evening, then it's probably one of the the best thing to do is to try and stop napping. And it can be really difficult to change established patterns of sleeping and napping. Mm. Um, But one of the most important things is to try and get up at the same time every day and avoid napping to help your body re-adapt. Because napping can make it harder to get to sleep in the evenings. However, for some people, short naps can be beneficial and there is some evidence that that can be good for your brain. But that tends to be naps less than half an hour. And certainly if you're struggling to sleep, I would suggest avoiding them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Doctor, you will suggest everyone to sleep less than half an hour if they want a nap? Yeah, I think the evidence is that shorter naps that uh, can be good for your brain. They can help your brain sort of recover. But longer naps than that make it harder to sleep later on. Mm. Um, and we were discussing earlier um, regarding... Uh, sleeping at a consistent time. Um, why do you think it's important to sleep at the same time every night? So I think it brings together some of the other things we've discussed. Sleeping at 
same time every night and also equally importantly trying to get up at the same time every morning can help regulate the circadian rhythm which in turn allow in turn allows it to effectively help regulate all the other systems in your body and reduce the risk of developing problems with your mental and physical health and mm. um, good sleep also makes it easier to make other healthy lifestyle choices like eating more healthily um, and exercising more during the day which has additional benefits your health mm. um, yeah and our earlier guests mentioned that there are some sort of foods that we can eat for quality of sleep or to go to sleep quickly is there anything else we can do to improve sleep quality yeah so th- there are a few things um, I would t- t- you know people who drink caffeine try and avoid drinking that after lunch because that can help um, that can make it harder to get to sleep in the evening Things like using your bedroom just for sleeping, trying to keep your bedroom at a good temperature, not too hot or not too cold. Um, Really importantly, trying to reduce exposure to artificial light before bedtime so we know that that can have a significant impact on our circadian rhythm and that light exposure in the evening or overnight can suppress one of the hormones that we need for sleep called melatonin Mm. and particularly blue light from phones and televisions. So try to switch your phone off maybe an hour before going to bed and keep it off overnight and exercising regularly Mm. um, can be really helpful to help you sleep later on in the evening Um, although I would tend to avoid really intense exercise in the hour before you're going to sleep and you know some Mm. people find it really helpful to do some mindfulness or light yoga things like that before sleep to help them relax Mm. Mm -hmm. and any advice for the parents out there who um, struggle with putting their kids to sleep on time or the quality Mm. of sleep for the kids yeah it can be really difficult i think similar principles it's trying to you know keep bedtime at the same time avoiding screen time Mm. particularly that blue light before bed and temperature of the room maybe in trying to make sure the room is dark at at bedtime because again light coming in can make it harder to get to sleep Mm. dr nicole thank you so much for joining us this morning it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, some good advice that you've uh, that you've uh, shared with us. Thank you so much once again. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank Bye. You. Have a lovely day. That was Dr. Nicole uh, Needham, who's you know t- t- spoke uh, spoke to us and s- told us a little yeah. bit more about uh, you know how we should uh, go to sleep. What's the best way we should go to sleep? Um, I think she was quite right in mentioning things. that uh, you know exposure of light, especially you know it's important. See, yeah. yeah, it's very very see, important nowadays. I don't think there is anyone out there who doesn't look at their phones just before going to sleep. Realistically, the thing is, is that if you want to set an alarm, what are you going to say? On? <laughs> it's a screen time. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, yeah, it's diff- I mean, the thing is, is that jokes, jokes aside, right? Jokes aside, um, it's uh, we can we can limit the the amount of screen time that we have. Um, if we just you know use our phone for the alarm, then yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's all right. Yeah. If you're you know, literally going on social media exactly. on your phone, the thing on your is, bed, the, th- the thing is, putting your phone right next to your pillow. If you're about to set an alarm, you're going to get distracted by the apps, and randomly you're going to go to you your social media platform. You don't but, have but to. Some, but it's come to a point where we don't even realize, and we're, yeah. we've opened an app. That's the thing. That's how much we've been affected by this technology now. Exactly. And sometimes you open an app, you close it, you open it again. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, no for, no, for no reason. For no <laughs> and reason. you don't even realize I've opened it. You don't realize. And you're scrolling yeah, again. Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, that's why you should set limits yeah. on it. Screen time limits. That's why moderate uh, moderate I've behavior and everything. It's so it's, it's, it's so it's, it's so important. And I think what well. she what she was mentioning uh, regarding um, your kids 
going to sleep and having a dark room. Especially me personally, we've um, noticed that we used to have these normal curtains before and then light used to come in early in the morning. Okay. And kids yeah. kids used to wake up when the lights were were shining inside our room. Mm. But then we've put these blackout curtains now. Mm. And as soon as we've done that, we noticed that the second day, they've been waking up really late because it was a darker room. Yeah. I mean, so, that does, yeah, happen. That, that does that, have an effect. Especially on kids, I think it has a lot of... <laughs> Perfect. You do need to block the block the sun, block the sun yeah. out as well, block the the block the light out yeah. to get a better to get a better sleep as well. Yeah. Um, also, you know, some some people uh, f- find it that they have to sleep with some white noise, mm-hmm. and so, sometimes children they also yeah. sleep in white noise better as well. Yeah. Uh, I've tried that with my kids. <clears throat> And they do like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that is something which is quite good, you the know. The thing is, we don't really have a white noise at home. We have the fan, <laughs> which, yeah, which works thing. as the it white noise. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you can get especially those me as well. Yeah. I, I need to, to. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. I think I think a lot of the people I know I know people that actually just turn on. They'll put their phones on airplane mode yeah. and just turn on the white noise on YouTube. That lasts for like twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah. And they just have that playing get, in the you background. Can't get yeah. That. yeah, you can get that as well. Um, but also, you, you know, I mean, it's, it's it's quite fascinating, isn't it? That we don't like noise when yeah. we sleep, but the white noise is such that it's soothing. It's soothing. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like listening to, you know, rain. Yeah. When it's true, raining, true, some true. people some people find true. that very when you hit when you hear the sound of rain hitting against the window. Yeah. Some it, people it like is that. Soothing, yeah. yeah, it's soothing. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, it's it's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting how yeah. these things have an effect uh, on us as well. Exactly. Now, the, the thing is, is that we're told by you know, by, you know, by Allah the Almighty in the Holy mm-hmm. Quran, in uh, in chapter thirty, verse twenty-four, Allah the Almighty says, "And among His signs, in your sleep by night, and by mm-hmm. day, you're seeking His bounty. Mm-hmm. In that, surely are signs for people who hear." Now, in this, it's quite. Interesting as well that Allah the Almighty is saying that, and in in different places or well, in the Holy Quran, yeah. He says that He has created the night for you, so you so can that rest. You can rest. Yeah, and that basically means that the night is there for you to sleep. Exactly. So you know some people who, who do the opposite, who mm. don't, who who stay awake at night until very late. Mm. They sleep very late. Yeah. They wake up very late as well. Yeah. Their whole day is yeah. a bit groggy. And and you out of the place. You probably notice those people that go to sleep earlier and wake up earlier. Yeah. They get so much done during the day. They get so much done yeah. during the day. Exactly. Exactly. That's why the Holy Prophet used to promote waking up for the Hajj, mm. which is a, a voluntarily prayer mm. that you wake up before Fajr, and you before offer, the morning yeah, prayer. Before yeah. the morning prayer. So and you uh, and you perform it voluntarily. Um, yeah, and I think everyone um, must have noticed that as soon as they, as they wake up early, the day is so much more productive. It's true because they do get because the the hours that they get during the day mm. of working hours, mm. uh, things that they want to get done, yeah. they've got a lot of hours to do that. Exactly. If you wake up late, yeah. half of the day is already yeah, half gone. Half of the day is already gone. Yeah. And uh, that's it. You're finished. Yeah. So that's that's, so that's that's what it is. But th- this is this is the wisdom behind it as well. Mm. Allah, Allah the Almighty is telling us that. When it's night time, just mm. go to sleep. Exactly. That's what. That's it's what the Holy, Holy Prophet used to, um, I believe. Not even sp- he 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 used to say that do not even speak after the yeah. last prayers, after Isha the last prayers, prayer, yeah. yeah, the night prayers, because yeah. it helps you to go to sleep exactly. earlier. Exactly. So you, you can wake up. Well. Yeah. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. So that so these are different things which Islam has actually told us uh, as well. Um, there's a prayer. You know, there's also prayers of uh, of going to sleep. Yeah. There's prayers of waking, waking up, up yeah. from the sleep as well. 
and this, these are you know these are small small pr- prayers yeah. which, we, which we try to teach our yeah, children exactly. as well, isn't it? And uh, you know so that they can. It's really get into interesting the how Islam has a prayer for everything. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we, everything in our lives. We have a prayer for literally any, anything. A- anything. Yeah. Going to sleep, waking up. Because it involves God day. in every aspect of our life. Exactly. Because we need Him at the end of the day, isn't it? For everything. The thing is, <coughs> is that if we sleep, if we you know have a good night's sleep, right? We're more, and we have a good, healthy diet. Mm. We're keeping healthy as well. Yeah. And during the day, we're doing productive things. Yeah. Right. During the night, we most likely we will have good dreams as well. Mm. Because yeah, it, because obviously you're going to dream at night time, isn't yeah. it? When you're sleeping, so if you if your if your whole day is good, you're going good. If you have a good lifestyle, yeah. most likely you're going to have good dreams as well. Yeah. But if you're you know sometimes they say so I don't know how true it is or not, but if you have you know snacks, oily foods, yeah. cheesy yeah. foods yeah. right before going to mm-hmm. sleep, your you might dr- your dreams might be a bit funny as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. It so affects, it, it affects, affects your sleeping affects. pattern as well. Yeah. So unconsciously. And these are different things to actually look out for as well. And in dreams, sometimes God Almighty can give you a message, mm. which is you know which which, you know, which can mm. you know, change the way you pursue yeah. life, yeah, exactly. um, the way you live your life. So there's a lot that can be said about 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 sleeping mm-hmm. sleeping patterns and all of this uh, as well. But uh, you know, hopefully, you know, our guests obviously shed some light on this yeah. as well. We're going to be taking. A very short break, just so you can digest all the things the that we have, the, the information that we have actually <laughs> said uh, uh, as well. Um, right after that, after this short break, we're going to come back and go into our next topic, which is also very, very interesting. Don't go anywhere. With so many attacks on Islam and the Holy Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, let's set the record straight. He was a man of peace. He went through thirteen long years of persecution for his beliefs. He was mocked and ridiculed, but he didn't retaliate because he was a man of peace. When he went to Taif to spread the message of Islam, he was pelted with stones until he was bleeding. Yet he did not retaliate because he was a man of peace. When he migrated to Medina, he established the Charter of Medina, allowing the Jews, Christians and Muslims to live together in harmony with full religious freedom because he was a man of peace. And after all the oppression that he faced, when he returned to Mecca as a king, he had the right and the power to punish every single one of them. Yet he forgave them because he was a man of peace. The Holy Prophet ﷺ said that no white man is superior to a black man, no Arab to a non-Arab. Rather, everyone is equal. He freed slaves and taught to treat them as brothers. He did all of this because he was sent as the rahmatul lil alamin a mercy for mankind indeed the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was a true man of peace um dear listeners welcome back to the breakfast show we will now be moving on to the second segment which is can prebiotics improve your mood so the food you eat can profoundly affect your brain as the drugs you take dr umar um, that's what Dr. Omar mentioned, who is a prebiotics, uh, the fiber that feeds your good microbes to boost the gun-brain axis. Depression, according to the World Health Organization, is the number one cause of disability today. The loss of productivity costs the global economy a staggering trillion dollars annually. Uh, traditional psychiatric uh, approaches involve therapy and drugs with mixed 
results. Regarding depression, um, I was listening to this one study where it mentions that you know when we exercise, it uh, releases this uh, hormone, which you know our muscles release some kind of hormone that um, goes to our heart and it affects our heart in a healthy way. But also after exercising, our muscles, our muscles um, produce this hormone that goes to our brain. Mm. And the scientists have called it hope molecule. So it's really good for our brain once these muscles uh, release this kind of hormone, which is called the hope molecule, which helps as an antidepressant. So those mm. people out there that you know, are, are getting uh, depressed, mm. and there's many ways to get, well, to get depressed nowadays. The society is full of people who are depressed, even though we, see, we even see antidepressant pills um, out there. So... They were basically saying exercise is a really good way of um, getting rid Coping of depression. Yeah. yeah. So because the muscles secrete this hormone, which is called the hope molecule, which travels mm. to your brain, and it's really healthy for your brain. So and, e- and even 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 yeah. in the in the Quran, uh, sorry, in um, Islam, uh, the Holy Prophet has said that a strong believer is better than a weak believer which mm. is promoting exercise and um, uh, having a healthy body, isn't it? That's true. That's true. So there are different ways in which, you know, we, what, different things that we can do yeah. to, to make ourselves more proactive, yeah. to make ourselves more, more healthy. Mm-hmm. And obviously, um, this gut microbes, mm-hmm. how they influence our, our bodies, right? It's, it's something that, that we can actually look into as well, and if we take more, att- pay more mm-hmm. attention towards this, yeah. um, we can be more healthy, and that's what we want to do. Yeah. Now, talking about a little bit more about this as well, gut molecule, gut microbes have an influence as they directly produce um, these neurotransmitters mm-hmm. like dopamine and serotonin, um, to you know important targets of uh, psychiatric drugs. Now, microbes use these, uh, co- you know, communication ke- chemical, uh, chemicals to talk to each other. And this is followed by the vagus nerve connecting the gut, the brain um, together, facilitating mm-hmm. communication towards, the, you know, via these uh, neurotransmitters. And these impact mood and also mental health as well. So this is something which is quite interesting quite interesting as we delve um, more into it uh, as well isn't it we've uh, we've got a guest that we're going to be speaking to who is on the line with us Dr Venita Patel who is an uh, experienced NHS uh, pediatrician and also registered nutritional therapist as well peace be upon you good morning and welcome to the show doctor good morning thank you so much thank you so much for joining us to begin with can you please explain to our listeners what prebiotics actually are in the first place. So prebiotics are the fibers which feed the bacteria which are in our bowel, which we need, the healthy bacteria. And we also have probiotics. Hmm. And these are the actual bacteria which we can eat in certain foods and they also will have a benefit for helping to grow the bacteria in the bowel. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the reason yeah. we need those, yeah. So there's a reason that we need those in our bowel because they actually make lots of products, different chemicals, they transform different vitamins. So they're affecting lots of aspects of our health and they also 
are really important for our immunity. Mm-hmm. So the, the obviously they, they, they work a little bit differently as well. Can you just tell us a little bit more um, about sort of explaining how sort of probiotics are and how they work and how they work differently to the prebiotics? So the probiotics are the actual bacteria that we can eat. We can take them in a capsule form, hmm. we can drink them in a um, medicine type form, but also we can drink them as things like kefir, uh, different fermented drinks. And they are more likely to help in terms of keeping more bacteria in the bowel if you have it in a drink form. So we encourage people to do that through their food rather mm. than taking it through a, a supplement or a medication. Right. Right. What, what kind of food include these biotics? So, um, as I mentioned, yogurt. So any drink which is made out of yogurt, like mm. lassi, um, mm. and also mm. there's kefir, which is oh yes, yeah. something you can make at home, but you also can buy kefir. So mm. there's different kefirs that you can get. Yeah. Those mm. are very beneficial for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Turkish people, they have this drink as well. I forgot what it's called, but they have that Ayran? sort of lust. Yeah, 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 exactly. They have yeah, that as well. They do. So every, every traditional diet will have usually a drink as well as different pickles. The pickles mm-hmm. also have healthy bacteria. Mm-hmm. Doctor, according to research which has been conducted so far, do prebiotics affect uh, mental health? So both prebiotics and probiotics, because they're helping the gut bacteria, mm. they've been linked to helping how our brain functions because there is a, a link between the gut and the brain. So we have a nerve which connects the gut and brain, but we also have immune uh, chemicals which link between the gut and brain. So the research so far has pointed that if you help the gut bacteria to be as healthy as possible, this can ch- make changes in how people respond to stress, how they manage anxiety, and also some types of depression have been um, shown to respond, so the mood has improved. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the health uh, benefits, but are there any side effects of consuming these prebiotics? So what people find is if they haven't taken these before if they have too much in one go it can cause a bit of bloating because the the bacteria make some gases which is completely normal Hmm. but if you have any underlying gut problem you might find it more uncomfortable so the idea is to gradually introduce and increase gradually and then you shouldn't have too much problem do these affect kids in a different way or and sometimes children can respond quite dramatically. So, again, you would give it gradually and increase it gradually. But when you give through foods, it tends to have less of a side effect. And it's mostly easy for the body to absorb. Mm-hmm. And, and lastly, uh, do, you, do you think the effect of prebiotics can vary uh, depending on uh, the lifestyle? So, definitely, if you have a lifestyle which means that your gut bacteria are not in a good state so perhaps if you don't sleep well 
Um, perhaps if you're not eating a good range of vegetables and fiber, then you might need to take probiotics, prebiotics for longer. You might need to take more dose. But if you're having a healthy lifestyle, then it generally just supports that. So in terms of lifestyle, yeah, those are the main things. Interesting, very interesting. Uh, Dr. Venita Patel, thank you so much for joining us and telling us a little bit more about this and shedding some light on our show this morning. Thank you so much once again. You're very welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was uh, Dr. Venita Patel, and uh, who's an experienced NHS pediatrician uh, and also a registered nutritional therapist telling us more about this as well. So it's very interesting, isn't it? Um, how different ways in which different substances can have uh, can have an effect yeah. on this as well, positive or negative as well. Um, talking about, you know, what foods are actually... Talking about what foods we, we can actually are acceptable or not, um, uh, you know, we we you know we, we can speak about that from in terms of the Holy Quran as well as the Holy Quran tells us to eat wholesome foods which are also lawful for for us as well, isn't it? So that is something which is uh, you know which is very very important and how mm. different food can actually have a a a positive impact so the verse of the holy quran is so eat of the lawful and good things which allah has provided for you Mm. and be grateful for the bounty of allah if it is him you worship so here it's clearly it's mentioned that um eat the lawful food which is good for you because at the end of the day if you eat those uh foods which god has made uh, um halal for us we will be able to benefit from them in a better way Exactly. Yeah. Um, we're going to be uh, taking a short break, and uh, right after that, we will uh, come back and we will uh, talk about a little bit more about uh, uh, about our uh, our next segment, which is also very very interesting um, about harnessing the power of uh, of nature. So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be speaking about that a little bit later on, right after the break. Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. 
broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamualaikum Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to welcome back to the breakfast show. Um, we've got we've got a, a short audio clip um, for for our segment which we just spoke about as well. That is about uh, His Holiness, the fourth Caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza, Mas- uh, Hazrat Mirza Tahir Ahmad, may Allah have mercy on him, how he explains what foods are acceptable. And these are actually described by the Holy Quran, um, you know, in the Holy Quran, by Allah the, by Allah the Almighty. So let's listen to that before the clip right now. Of those things which are not forbidden, Allah tells us in the Holy Quran, that you should also eat the wholesome from among them, as you understand them to be wholesome. So it's left for you to decide. The wholesome is left for anyone among the human beings to decide according to his own customs and his own likings and things. For instance, a child, if he does not like, um, for instance, uh, prawns, there are certain children who do not like prawns. You can't force them upon them because you think it is their wholesome. Chinese eat such food as it is of their liking. If initially that food is not forbidden in Islam, then it is for the Chinese to decide about their wholesomeness. And it's not for us to impose our concept of wholesomeness upon them. So it's a free word. Wholesome should be interpreted according to your own likings, even in according to individual liking. That is one concept of wholesomeness. The second is that it should be fresh and without uh, harmful uh, elements. That is also the meaning of wholesome. So it is, it is here. It is a medical question. If a food is in the status in a state of decay and it is uh, being infested with bacteria and could cause injury to your health, even if it is not forbidden in religion, still uh, the Holy Quran says don't eat it because it is not wholesome. So either way, this is quite understandable and a common thing. That was His Holiness, the fourth Caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Tahir Ahmad, may Allah have mercy on him, the fourth Caliph of the Promised Messiah, upon whom be peace. Um, we, you know, we've spoken a little bit uh, about this as well, so let's move on to a little uh, another topic that we have in line for you guys this uh, this morning. And that is also something which is very interesting, and that is about harnessing the power of nature. Now, this is talking about how even while our, um, you know, uh, you know, our friends in the, you know, in in Europe, they might be, they they will be suffering from wildfires, yeah. right? And we spoke a, bit, a, yeah. a little bit about this in the beginning of the show as well. Wildfires in in Greece, in Spain, in, yeah, in Switzerland, because of the various warm other weather places. Yeah, in the summer. D- this is how. Um, you know, our, our formidable, formidable foe, ecologists think that they can actually um, eventually help the risk or reduce the risk of wildfires as well. Mm. Um, so there are these horses were actually transplanted to the highlands um, in May 
by you know in in uh, in in Spain, right? Mm-hmm. And around four thousand years ago, according to prehistoric uh, cave drawings, horses resembled these sort of horses, uh, these specific type of horses. Mm. And uh, right now, they you know they're an endangered subspecies of the bill of twelve horses mm. as well, and they actually ran the area, and now they are back, and. Um, they were su- successfully re you know reintroduced to the yeah they were re reintrodu- yeah reintroduced um to the steppes of mongolia and other locations after going extinct in the in in, in the wild in the native europe and also asia and it, it may it might be extremely beneficial for the species to be brought back to the highlands talking about how they can actually you know help reduce mm. these wildfires as well. Yeah, and talking about the significance of animals, you know, Islam, especially the Holy Prophet, was a mercy for mankind, which means he wasn't just a mercy for humans, but also for animals as well. Um, so uh, many animals have a very special significance in Islam. The The Quran has mentioned repeatedly uh, the blessings in the honey produced by bees. So that's mm. one animal mm. uh, which the Quran has mentioned uh, a lot. Um, even in the life of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah, there's another animal which uh, is mentioned, which is the spider. So he was saved by a spider's web when he was sheltering in the cave, um, Cave Thor, which yeah. is just outside Mecca. So mm. there are a lot of animals which um, Islam uh, and the Holy Quran has mentioned. And has also always mentioned that we should treat them well. It's not just humans that we should treat them well, but mm. also animals deserve to be treated well and with respect. Exactly. Um, especially horses, as we're mentioning in this segment. Um, they're, they're, they're a beautiful animal anyway, and they benefit us in a very uh, convenient way. And um, usually before the technology took over, horses were... were our only form of um, transport, transport well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we did have like sort of camels and yeah, donkeys yeah, and yeah. and but these. But for fast before, mode of yeah. transport was yeah. the horses. What was the horses, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and this is why you know this is one of the reasons why horses are respected, and exactly. also horses are those are amongst those animals which you know which we don't really you don't really slaughter. For yeah, eating, yeah, yeah, exactly. For eating purposes. Because yeah, they have another sort of benefit they for have us, isn't it? Benefit for us, yeah, exactly. Which is a mode of transport, basically. Mode of transport, yeah. yeah. And um, even now, when you see in cars, it says horsepower, right? Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. So, uh, um, and we, we significantly shows that the power of a horse is, is a lot, and um, it's very, it's a very fast animal. It's a very fast animal, exactly, and. It, it's used for is used for you know these sort of purposes as well, hmm. and that's the that's the significance of uh, of a horse compared hmm. to compared to other animals. Such as if you talk about a camel, yes, the camel would be able to go a further distance. Hmm. That that is that is correct. Yeah. And a and, and a, a a a a camel hmm. is very low maintenance. Yeah, it can feed itself. It exactly, can, you know, it stores food. It stores food. It and it and it stores water as well. Yeah. So with for days, if it yeah, eats it properly and drinks properly, food. it can go without yeah, food yeah. and drink water for, for a couple of yeah. days. But obviously, a horse cannot do that. Hmm. Uh, so for long distances, traveling through the desert, all of these things, a, a camel is very yeah. much needed. Yeah, because God has created everything for its purpose. For its purpose. It? So a camel is 
created for a purpose, horses created for a purpose, we're created for a purpose. Mm. And if it's used in the right way, then that's the most benefit we can take out of them, isn't it? Exactly. Mm. You know, uh, it's said about uh, uh, um, Prophet David as well. Um, Prophet David and his son, Prophet, uh, Prophet Suleiman, that uh, you know, because they because they were kings in mm. their in their at their time as well when they were when they were prophets they were kings, and uh, they had a lot of sort of uh, a lot of territory, mm-hmm. and because they had a lot of territory they had a lot of uh, horses a lot of other animals, mm-hmm. um, you know, under their disposal, and so you know they you know they because they were prophets of God, they remembered God Almighty through. These horses as well. Mm. So it, it's mentioned in the Holy Quran as well mm-hmm. that you know they you know they, they remembered you know but by by looking at the horses, looking mm-hmm. how beautiful they mm-hmm. are, and uh, you know because horses and if they groomed well, if they brush the hairs yeah. brush and everything is properly done, neat, neat and tidy, mm. then they are they do look very powerful and very majestic as exactly. well. So just looking at that, they remembered uh, God Almighty through that as well, and mm. this is quite important as well because. Just because we gain wealth doesn't mean that we have to forget about God, yeah, exactly. and that's what you know. That's what the lesson that we learn from this, from this incident is as well. Um, the fourth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Tahir Ahmad, may Allah be his helper, uh, may Allah be have mercy on him, um, explains the importance um, and special respect towards uh, towards horses by the Holy Prophet of Islam, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Let's listen to a brief audio clip which, uh, which will tell us a little bit more about this. Horses, in fact, were the main mode of travel and communication and uh, uh, also uh, they were uh, the main machinery of conveyance used during wars, like aeroplanes, like uh, armored cars and things. They were the best machinery that could be used by the people of that time. So most of the Arabs of Hazrat Muhammad Mustafa Sallallahu time used to keep horses anyway for the person for the for the purpose of either offence or defence, and also it was a very useful animal in the normal circumstances. Even without war, they had to travel long distances, sometimes rapidly, sometimes slowly, and the horses which were found in Arabia were of such high quality that they are known to have travelled 90 some miles without uh, having access to water once during the summer time. In one day they covered such large, large distances, such was the quality of those horses. So the Arabs were already in love with horses when Islam appeared. And then the horses were put to such a use as were never before witnessed by the Arabs. They were kept for the sake of Allah, they were used for the sake of Allah, not to usurp others' rights, but to defend the oppressed and against the oppressor. So the the horses acquired a a new status and that is why Hazrat Muhammad Mustafa loved the horses the more for it after Islam. And he said whoever keeps the horses he will find on the forehead of horses a blessing for him. That blessing has all the connotation of the circumstances which I have described. 
because for the sake of Allah they were kept, they were loved, they were trained and they were used all along for a good cause. So even if they were not horses, anything used for a good cause, trained for a good cause, loved for a good cause would be of course a very good thing. So that is what we find mentioned by Hazrat Muhammad Mustafa Also he was a good rider himself, he loved horses, he cared for them and in the Holy Quran we have the mention of an earlier prophet by the name of David peace be upon him who loved horses so much. Again because they were kept for the sake of good cause, for the cause of Allah. So that was uh, His Holiness, the fourth Caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Tahir Ahmad. May Allah have mercy on him as well, telling us a little bit more about this. Um, so that's our show for, for this morning. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Uh, some, some interesting topics that we've uh, spoken about today. Today's show was produced by Nafisa Amini and Mehrish Dogger and researched by Nawira Khan, Tamsila Khurram Sofia, Shinwari, Maharachula Ahmed, Tanzil Khurram, and Naima Chaudhary as well. Uh, thank you to the technical department, uh, uh, Akib Ahmed, and also it's a pleasure presenting with you, Abdul Halim, as well. Until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all.